depressed or you are coming across having mental health issues, go and get help. Just get on Google, search helplines, go talk to somebody, access help, because that's really important. In 1837, Horace Mann created the education system, a system at the time designed to pump out factory workers and professors. The same system that is still being used today in the 21st century. Now, man's system is backfiring. We are being molded by the same industrial system that has existed for close to 200 years. That system delivers us into a digital economy that has no need of our outdated skills. This isn't our teacher's fault. This isn't the government's fault. This is due to a rapidly changing world full of technology and unforeseen circumstances. And us Gen Zs are caught in the middle. Welcome to the Driven Young Podcast, the podcast for stressed, overwhelmed young Australians, teaching you practical life skills you can implement now to set yourself up in life. And now your host, Byron Dempsey. Welcome back to the Driven Young Podcast, and today I'm joined by student counsellor Olivia Gabriella. And in this episode, we're talking about mental well-being, how and why Gen Z are going through a pandemic of mental illnesses. This is a super hot topic for the show because I believe it is one of the biggest problems young people are facing right now. Every young person I meet seems to have some form of mental illness or knows many people who do. So why is this? Today, we're going to Olivia's story. Why she does what she does, what she is seeing with the students who come to her, why men have such high rates of suicide, we get into school, have a healthy conversation around relationships for Gen Z, and much, much more. Also, I'm excited to announce I've landed my first sponsor for this podcast, so that episode will be coming out soon, and I'm really excited to see what you all think. This is big for the show and for the Driven Young brand, as the more money I can bring into this, the more I can re-inject back into the podcast and business to help it grow and reach more people. So keep an eye out for that. As per usual, reach out to me or Olivia on Instagram. If you have any questions or enjoying the show, please consider leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. And finally, I've created a Buy Me A Coffee link for anyone who wanted to help support the show. So if you want to buy me a coffee and help support the show, just click on the link at the very bottom of the podcast description. And I just really quickly wanted to put in a little trigger warning. Um, This conversation is around mental health. We do talk a little bit about suicide, a few stories here and there, nothing too graphic, um, but I just want to throw that in real quick. So if you are sensitive around that, um, yeah, be careful when listening to this episode. Now, over to Olivia. Olivia, welcome so much to the podcast. Thank you for having me today. I'm uh, really excited to talk about this topic. Obviously, yes. this is a topic that I'm quite passionate about, and yes. you are too, hence yes. why you've kind of gone into this career pathway. Yes. Um, but before we get into, I guess, you want to talk about mental health, what you're yeah. seeing with young people, because that's who you work with specifically. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell me a little bit about who you are, what you do, and what you did after high school? Yeah, not a problem. Um, so in year 11 and year 12, um, I wasn't too sure what I wanted to do and I didn't go for an ATAR or anything um, because I thought I was going to be a hairdresser, but then that didn't end up happening. Um, and then I started seeing a counsellor myself and then that's when I realised that I wanted to see a counsellor because I was just going through a few things as a teenager. Um, and then, yeah, so I thought, okay, counselling would be pretty cool. So I looked at pathways. So I saw um, a diploma at ACAP which is called the Australian College of Applied Psychology. So it's well known for counselling, psychology, criminology and social work. Mm -hmm. So I thought, okay, awesome, I'll do a diploma there, see if I like it and if I don't like it, it doesn't matter, I'll I'll go elsewhere. But if I like it, I'll continue to my degree. So I did that. I did a diploma in 2017 and then I did a degree in 2018 and 19, which means that I would be qualified Mm counsellor by this year in March. So I just graduated in March this year. 
And then I did my placement as well um, at a company um, who offered me a job, which was really good, and that's who I work with. I work with from zero to 18. Um, So I'm very closely linked to working with youth and, yeah, um, I think mental health is a really big important thing these days, so that's why I sort of headed to that direction. Mm. And so did you – you head in that direction because you yourself had some problems when you were younger and you saw a counsellor and that yes. really helped you. So you thought, yes. wow, that was really helpful. I would love to be able to do that for other people. Yes, definitely. Yeah, that that was exactly what I thought because um, like my mum's mum died of cancer. My mum's dad died of cancer. <laughs> my great uncle died of cancer. So I was always going to hospitals and stuff. And I was the oldest one of my family just going to hospitals all the time. And you know, just going through grief and stuff. Mm. It affected me a lot. And um, just always going to hospitals, I ended up seeing um, my a counsellor for, for grief and some other mm. stuff as well. Um, so, yeah. And that really helped you? 100% it did. Yeah. yeah it definitely and it, did. It's crazy because I think, don't we in Australia, and I know a lot of other developed countries, mm. have free access or like very cheap access to counsellors? Yes. Like we can claim it through Medicare, I believe. Yeah, yeah, we can. And so people don't realise that it's actually very accessible. Yeah. It's definitely. not this like, because in American movies and stuff, when you see therapists and counsellors, they're mm. often very, very expensive. Yeah. And so I kind of, I feel like we've been conditioned to think they're very expensive. Yeah. And I'm not worth, you know, I'm not worth paying $200 an hour just to talk yeah. to someone. But you can get access to them very affordably. Yeah, definitely. And now with COVID-19 and stuff, you can get up to 20 free sessions. 20? 20. So wow. it used to be 10, um, but now you can get up to 20, depending on what service you go to. Mm. Um, sometimes you've got to pay a little bit of like, I think, rebates or something like that. Or you get yeah. rebates, but you've got to pay something like a percentage. Um, but yeah, you get up to 20 sessions now, and that's just due to COVID. And during this time, there's just been a lot more need for mental health. Oh, 100%. So- like council psychologists are probably the most busiest this year mm. with, you know, people losing jobs and stress of life and stuff like that, you know, losing a source of income. So, yeah. And so what do you do? So you work with so, young people. Yes. You're, are you a counsellor for young people? So I'm classified as a support worker, but mm-hmm. what I do with my clients is I do counselling sessions. Mm-hmm. So pretty much yeah, I'm a counsellor. Like yeah. that's that's my, my degree. I'm, I'm Specifically for young people. Yeah. Which is why I wanted to bring you on because yeah. it's like such an alignment, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I guess my initial question is, what are you seeing? What are trends you're seeing with young people who are coming to you? What are the, the problems, the issues that young people are having? I honestly see suicide probably the most. And it's really sad because it's from 10 to like 18. Mm. That's the gap. And most of them are male. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so just... I just see suicide a lot. And, you know, I even see suicide in my my personal life. Like I go on Facebook and stuff and then a friend of a friend will have committed suicide mm. or one of my partner's friends have committed suicide. Mm. It was just a, a big thing that you see a lot. And I think these people just don't – sometimes don't know where to get help and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's it blows my mind. I think that before COVID-19, the l- second leading cause of death is suicide mm. yeah. worldwide. Yeah. Number one's like malaria or so- – I can't remember what it is, but it's something like malaria or yeah. – so it, you know, on yeah. top of cancer, yeah, suicide is higher than cancer. Like yeah. it, it does that. It blows my mind that the second leading cause of death is people voluntarily killing themselves because they're not happy with the conditions I that they're know. in. Even though we live in a world where the conditions have never been yeah. better, we live better than kings and queens. We live I better know. than the president a hundred years ago. Mm. We've got more equal rights, you know, not equal rights. We've got more rights than kind yeah. of ever before. Ever before, 
Yeah. You can kind of do almost anything you want, mm. yet suicide rates are never higher. Yeah. It's mind-boggling to me. And I think a lot of people, I think, I, I don't know if I told you that story about there's this guy who went into one of those um, remote communities. There's a few remote communities in the world that we don't touch mm-hmm. and they don't even know that the you know technology in the real world exists. So they're like, yeah. um, you know, uh, they live very traditional ways. And I think he was allowed to go on with the, like a few cameras in a documentary or something. And he goes in and he's talking with a translator to their chief or whatever. Yeah. And he's talking, but he mentioned suicide. And he right. and the chief just starts laughing. Everyone just starts laughing and they go, because wow. they can't comprehend the no. fact that people would willingly take their lives when, you know, most of their kids don't make it past five years old. Most of them, yeah. you know, most of the mothers don't survive childbirth. Most yeah. of them only, you know, survive up to 30, 40 years. And mm. life is so valuable to them. Yeah. They can't even comprehend it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think like the maybe the older, older generation don't understand mental health a little bit too much as well sometimes like they think there's also sometimes that stigma oh if you talk about mental health you're possessed Mm. or something like that so i think there should definitely be more psychoeducation out there just for people to understand more and you know and so children can get help because if they are from that traditional family they might be like oh i can't tell mum and dad that i've got these problems because they're just going to think I'm possessed or they're yeah, just yeah. going to think there's something wrong with me. Or suck it up. Yeah, exactly. Suck it it's up. It's very old school mentality. Yeah. And it's interesting you bring that up because I think, as I mentioned before, mental illnesses have never been higher. Yeah. Is that because mental illnesses are at an all-time high or is mm. it because we just diagnose them a lot easier and suddenly it's become a bit more normalized? Yeah, And so maybe true. did everyone suffer from these in the previous generations? Yeah. They just didn't get a name? Yeah. And so that's kind of like... I don't know which one it is. I think it could be a little bit of both. I think so too. And that's interesting you brought that up because we don't know. Because I think it might be a little bit of both as well. I mean, as I said earlier, like eight Australians die every day from suicide. Eight. Eight. Yeah. And so most of that percentage is males. Mm. And most of that percentage is also the LGBT. What is it? LGBTQ. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, community as well yeah so that's quite interesting and so this is what you're seeing with young people obviously it sounds like you're seeing people who are suicidal yeah and do they tell you that or are you just kind of seeing oh they they can tell me that or i can see it yeah on social media and stuff so i see a bit of both um yeah it's just something that's just gone up like i just see so much Mm. because isn't it like as someone like yourself is qualified. If someone says they're suicidal, you legally have to tell the parents or something. So the process with that is um, it's very tricky with that because when they disclose that to you, you sort of got to just say um, you do a safety plan with them. So that's the first thing you do, a safety mm. plan, coping skills, everything like that so they can refer to that. Sometimes I will tell the parents. It's not a law so much mm. but – because um, you don't want to break confidentiality as well. Yes, that's a problem because people will go, yeah. I, want to, I want to talk to my therapist or yeah. your counselor or whatever, yeah. but I don't want to tell her because then she's going to tell my parents and yeah. then it just that's the whole reason I'm talking to her and not my yeah. parents is because I want a third party. Exactly. So I'll gain consent from the client. I'll be like, how about we talk about, you know, to parents about mm-hmm. this? How would you feel about that? And if they say yes, then I will support them in doing that. If they say no, then that's when I would speak to a team leader or a boss and say, what should we do from here? Mm. And really it depends on if I think they're at risk um, as well. Yeah. So also if you think someone is at risk, you've got to 
because I work with youth, if you, if someone is at risk, you've got to report to child protection. Mm. So you do like an MRG, which is like a decision tree, and then it tells you whether you should report to child protection or not. Mm. But this is all in like forms and stuff before they sign. So clients and parents are all aware of this. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just support in what they want. But, of course, if I think they're at serious, serious risk of harm, then I would say to them, look, I think it's best yeah, yeah. we do this. But I, I try again their consent so I'm not breaking that confidentiality mm. because I don't want them to lose trusting me That's either. the most important thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And it's interesting, like, um, I know people, I know a lot of 17, 18-year-olds who, you know, a lot of them have counsellors now yeah. or therapists. Yeah. And they will complain about their therapist or you bring up their therapist mm. in conversation very normally. Yeah. Just the same way we kind of complain about traffic or, yeah. you know, the government or whatever. You know, yeah. people just like to talk about negative things. They'll be like, oh, my therapist said this, my therapist. And they'll kind of use it as a way yeah. to connect with other people, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. There's something I was saying but, um, before is a lot of people say mental health needs to be more normalized. But I think in the younger generations, it's to normalize mm. to the point where it's like so so normalized that almost yeah. everyone has one or yeah. everyone they just talk about it so so casually yeah like it's nothing wrong yeah but i guess that's good in a way you know because yeah. i guess people are it's normalizing the fact that it's okay to get help yeah i think that's a good part i think it, there's positives and negatives to it yeah i definitely. think by normalizing it too much we take away the impact of what it actually is true and that's so very go, true you know actually depression's a pretty serious thing yeah yeah it's like, oh, i'm depressed it's like oh, are you okay they just say it like yeah yeah very yeah. casually um, and that's just from conversations I'm having with yeah. young people as no, well. Yeah, that, no, that's true. And, and what do you think are the biggest leaders for this? Like, why are we seeing such high levels of mental illness between? So, when you say leaders, what do you mean by that? Why do you think people are suicidal? Like, why do you think this is happening to young people? You say you work with, what, 10 to 18? Zero to 18. Zero to 18. Okay, so real young to yeah. young adults. Why? So, your question is, why do you think I see yeah, this yeah. so much? Do you think I it could think, be social media? Do you think it's... I think it's mix of pressure... Social media. I mean, when you think about it, when we were younger, what were we doing? I was playing my maybe my Nintendo DS. Oh, Tamagotchi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Whereas now, my little cousins who were probably, you know, eight and ten are on so- social media or YouTube or they can come across anything. Mm. Whereas we were very limited to that when we were younger. Mm. So I think it's really, I think a lot of kids are more indoors now. And that they don't have that exposure to going out because as a lot of people know that, you know, exercise decreases depression and... Exercise has been proven to help with so many things. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so I think children are more inside now rather than opposed to outside. So I think that's probably a factor. Um, I think also pressures at school, you know, that, that pressure where you've got to do well. And I think sometimes kids can get a bit lost in that. Mm -hmm. And I think expectations from parents sometimes or family members. Or teachers. Or teachers. Or it is, exactly. Yeah. And I think it's just really a mixture of both. Or when young women go on social medias and they see pretty girls, mm-hmm. they start to have self-esteem issues. They're like, oh, this girl's really pretty or yeah. this girl's really pretty. She got 300 likes. I only got 100. Yeah. Yeah. And then they sort of compare. I mean, I sometimes do that myself. Oh, I, I talk about this on almost every episode and I still yeah. do it. Yeah. It's... Yeah, it's and it's, the easiest way to stop doing that is to stop following those types of people. Yeah, yeah, like definitely. <laughs> ignorance is bliss. If they're not on your feed, you're not going to see yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, try audit who you're following and try yeah. follow people who bring you joy as opposed to make you yeah. compare yourself to them. Yeah, I think is a big one. 
And yeah, no, I agree with all those issues. And I, I love the point you made about them being indoors a lot more. Mm. Uh, as mm-hmm. someone who was very outdoors in our yeah. whole childhood, like I got, we got an hour a day for PlayStation when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah. And so you finish at three. Yeah. Go to bed at seven or eight. That's yeah. seven, six, seven hours. Yeah. That means we only got one of those hours to be on PlayStation, to be yeah. indoors doing technology. The rest had to be outside or homework or yeah. whatever it was. So we would go skateboarding, we'd go scootering, whatever. Mm. And I think as a result, it's going to create a lot of softer generation. Yeah. Like they haven't, they haven't gone out. They haven't been hurt. They haven't had a problem solved. Mm. They haven't had to. They just sit very comfortably in this bubble. They never leave their comfort zone. Yeah. And once again, I'm not blaming them. I think it's a lot of a lot of the fault is that the parents who need to be forcing their kids outside and to be be more be more strict. Yeah. It's very easy to just be like go on the iPad. All right, here you yeah. can just go on the iPad for the rest of the day. And I think some kids might get a bit like they might misbehave, and then the parents are like oh. Exactly. Let's just put you on yeah, the iPhone it, it, or iPad so you're quiet. 100%. <laughs> and, you know, you have to be, you know, a parent first and a friend second. Yeah. But most yeah. people want to be a friend first and then a parent second. Yeah. And so they go, oh, if I tell him to go outside, he's going to get mad at me and I'm going to, and then we're going to have a fight and it's going to argue. Well, that's what it's going to take for him to go outside. Yeah. They're not, they're not going to like it now, but once they're older, they'll appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And so I think that is that was a great point you made about how yeah. they're very indoors now. Yeah. And as you mentioned, exercise, sunlight, yeah. all that stuff yep. contributes to, mm-hmm. you know, your body feeling a lot better. Yeah. Exercise has been proven to reduce mental illness. Yeah. Just a 30-minute walk a day can really help yeah. with that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's super, super important. Yeah, definitely. And I think, what could I say? Like, I think a lot of youth don't know where to get help sometimes. Like mm. sometimes they don't even know who to talk to. And I think this is why men, as you mentioned, are more likely to yeah. commit suicide Yeah, is because I think it's women find it a lot easier to reach out for help Yeah, and men don't Yeah, or boys don't. Yeah, um, That's kind of the stigma. That's kind of how we grew up. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, what, do you th- what are your thoughts on that? When you, like, you mentioned just before this episode, there's so mm. many places people can go to get help and how, how, much, how important it was for you. Where are places people can go Where, to get help, basically? Look, there's like, so many places. Like, you've just really got to search. I think what people do is search psychology or counselling. Mm, or but therapist. If you, or therapist. Yeah. But if you actually search youth services, there's actually a counsellor in youth services, mm. for example. So there's so many things out there. I can't remember them all on the top of my head, but if you search, it depends on the terms you search in Google as well. Mm. If, you t- if you search youth services or you search counsellor at youth service, something will come up. And these are usually free Mm. as well. And they will have like a funding for a year or two where you don't have to pay. Um, So there's actually so much out there for youth. Or there's also like um, drop-ins, like PCYC does stuff Mm. or some, some council places do stuff where, you know, they do activities for the youth or um, they do like, droppings for youth where they come they have free food they have a bit of fun you know spend some time with other friends meet new people there's so many places and by going to those places you can talk to a youth worker yeah and just by getting out of the house and going you might meet people might have a good time but it's ironic because those usually when people are do a mental illness they don't want to go out they struggle to leave the bedroom they struggle to get out a hundred percent and so it's like yeah i don't know what to say to that like i think they've just got to you know make the commitment it's like I want to get better. If you want to get better, you've got to have, you know put in the work. Yeah, you've got to seek help. Yeah. You've got to go out. Help's not going to come to you. No, and you know sometimes it's so hard mm. as well. One hundred percent, it's so difficult. It's so hard 
when you're in that state because you seriously don't feel like getting out of bed. You're like, no, I just want to sleep forever. And you're just sleepy and you just don't feel like doing anything. And it's really, really hard. And I can't imagine – well, actually, I can imagine how hard it would be for those people that don't have support to be in that state. Mm. That would be so hard. And I actually feel for those people and I really encourage those people to try and seek help from somewhere, even just call Lifeline Beyond Blue, yeah. Kids Helpline, anything like that. There's so many lines out there that you can call if there's no family or friends to mm. support as well. And just by starting to do that, like you just got to make it one step yeah. at a time. Just make a call to Beyond Blue yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. Or reach out to one person. Yeah. And then if you reach out to one person and say, hey, I'm not feeling this, they might even help you do all the yeah. rest. Like, they I do, think- yeah. If you just stay in bed all day, not much is probably going to happen. Mm. And that's reality. Yeah. Like you need to make that step and mm-hmm. seek help. And I think, you know, for the guys, it's like obviously, as I mentioned, you know, yeah. and we don't know the exact reason, but I think a big reason that men's suicide is higher than women's is yeah. because men just struggle to seek help. Yeah. And they Definitely. don't want to admit it. No. They don't want, it seems weak. Yeah. Um, but really, I think it shows strength to seek help. Yeah. 100%. Like I've got a male friend who's a policeman and he, that's something he comes across as well, suicide. And he's actually at the crime scenes, mm. you know. And I don't – I think it would be hard for him as well to say that. Um, but that's something he says a lot as well. So it's funny that he works in policing, I work in counselling, and we're both seeing the same issues mm. um, very commonly. So, yeah. yeah. It's, just, it's just massive. And I guess you mentioned that the first step would be just kind of Google. Yeah. Like just start Googling. Have a yeah. look at the options. Yeah. Or maybe first step is reach out to someone. Yeah. Like I think first step is like you, know, you just got to reach out. You can mm-hmm. start Googling. Yeah. Start look, look at your options. Realize yeah. that um, money should not be an issue because mm-hmm. number one, you can usually get it for free. Yeah. Or very discounted. And yeah. also it's your mental health. Like yeah. what's more important than your mental well-being? Yeah. Even if it is, does cost money, I think it's very, very important. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a, a big thing I have issue with schools right now is like they seem to pri- they prioritize marks over yeah. everything yeah so who cares how good your school did if all your kids suffer from mental illnesses yeah. or if your kids are really really unhappy and stressed yeah. and overwhelmed it's like are you really that proud that you did this well in marks you only did this well because you sacrificed their you know i know well-being. and i was pretty lucky because my parents never pressured me in that regard they, they were just like i was in year 10 they're like do you want to leave school do you want to go be a hairdresser and i was like oh i'd rather just stay you know, I'd rather just stay. Um, so they're a bit they're, – they're quite easy with that. Mm. Um, but I know some other – like my friends' families, parents were like, you need to get this, ASAR, or you need, you need this. Or one of my best friends was like her parents really wanted her to get a good ADA and get into uni and mm. stuff, you know, and there was that pressure there. But I was just lucky that my parents weren't like that. And I think that was because my mum's parents were like that. My mum's mm. parents were like, we want you to be a teacher. And she did. She ended up being a teacher. Um, so, yeah, that's that's quite interesting as well. And is that what you're seeing with a lot of people that you work with, a lot of pressure they're under? You and- know what? It depends. Some, yeah, and some, no. It depends, really. It, it, va- it varies. I mm. think it's getting better. I actually think it's getting a lot better now. Um probably just a small proportion of it yes but most of it i think parents are actually understanding more okay a lot more now which is good that's something i've just seen recently which is quite good well that's why i started the podcast because i feel like we're in this sweet spot of 
everyone has to go to uni, which is still yeah. kind of like quite outdated. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, uni's great if you know what you want to do. Yeah. You can go into it. But everyone just jumps into it. They feel like yeah. they, they have to get a high A time yeah. no matter what. And so I feel like now, and this is once again why I started the podcast, it's starting slowly to become more normalized. Like, oh, yeah. actually, end of school mark does not matter that much. No. There's going to be ways around mm-hmm. it. You can, you know, you can take a year off and then you can, yeah. most courses you can get in. Like, I'm pretty sure your ATAR doesn't matter after two years. No, there's so many pathways. Like, it's li- I literally think maybe it's four years or something. In New South Wales, your ATAR after four years, no, they don't even look at it. It no. doesn't count. No. It's only valid for four years. I'm pretty sure at 21 you can go in yeah. as a mature age student. Or maybe, yeah, 21 as a mature age yeah, student. Something yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's like, how can we not know this? And yeah. 21, that's only t- you graduate when you're 18. So yeah. you can travel for three years, yeah. come back. You've got all this awesome experience, all these yeah. great stories. Now you're a mature age student, so you can basically go in for almost any and degree. 21 is still really young. 21 is so young. Yeah. You've still got like yeah nine years yeah. in your 20s. Like you've yeah. got so, so much time. Yeah. My dad didn't do uni until he was like 25. Wow. Yeah. Like, stuff like that. And you yeah. always see it. Like, and you go, if you go into uni, it's very different to school. Yeah. You're not surrounded by everyone your same age. It's going to no. be lots and lots of different people yeah. age. You might have people who are, you know, 35 in your, yeah. in your degree. Yeah. Where I went, most of my <laughs> friends were 50 plus. 50? Yeah. Okay. 50 example. plus, you know. Um, most of the, the people I was close with were 50 plus in my, not my diploma of counseling. I met a few, a few girls there that were my age, but mm. then they went off and did a degree of social work and I sort of lost touch with them and stuff yeah. just because we did different degrees. But then, the degree in counselling I did it was fifty plus. I was I was with people that were fifty plus, and they and they didn't have a chance to ever do uni, and they were doing uni at fifty. Mm. And I thought that was really inspiring. I thought that was awesome. You know, hundred percent. I yeah. think it takes. You know, you've got to be quite humble. Mm. You got to you know, remove your ego. Yeah. and go in. Yeah, and were they doing the same thing as you? Like as you're at yeah. eighteen? Oh uh, no. So I studied. A bachelor in counselling. It wasn't like targeted to youth or anything. It was just an overall. Um, oh, but now you work in a company that, right. that works from zero to eight. Because I would, and I'd be curious to hear what your thoughts are. I would worry about like a fifty or sixty year old um, helping someone who's like sixteen or seventeen because the world is so drastically different. Mm. They wouldn't know what social media. Like they wouldn't know what's really going on. Yeah, but that's with social media and stuff. But, yeah, but that's where psychoeducation comes in. So if they get psychoeducated on that. They can understand how to best mm. support their child. Um, and sometimes, yeah, I think parents don't don't get it, some, but I think if you're helping them to understand the child, it works in so many good ways. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, awesome. That's cool. Yeah. So, what is psychoeducation? So, say someone has bipolar. The psychologist will sort of teach them what is bi- bipolar, what happens in bipolar, um, what mood swings you can get in bipolar. They sort of explain to you what bipolar is. Mm. So if a kid came to me and he was like, oh, I've got anxiety and the mum needs help to understand his anxiety, I would give her psychoeducation by talking to her about it, giving Mm, her resources, information, stuff like that. So that's sort of what psychoeducation is. And it's interesting you said because I – I think it's mental health has been too normalized for younger people. I don't think it's normalized enough for older generations. No. And that's where it's like a disconnect. Yeah. You know, yeah. and that's why where that can kind of come in. It's like, and that's where like, you know, a classic example might be a kid tells his parents, I've got anxiety. And they're yeah. like, oh, no, you, you know, you, your life yeah. is better than I had it. You've got all this stuff. Yeah. You kind of have anxiety. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have anxiety when I was younger. You kind yeah. of have anxiety now. Yeah. Because they don't realize what they're going through. So no. it's a completely different world. Yeah. Um, and so that's where I think it can be really toxic. And they're like, yeah. okay, I don't have anxiety. I don't have anxiety. No. 
My my dad's a bit like that because he's quite wog. Yeah, old know, school. A little bit old school. And he he's a lot better now. And I think that was because I sort of taught him about it in my degree. But before my degree, if I said, oh, I'm anxious, he's like, you're fine. You've got everything. Yeah. You've got a phone. We give you everything. We give you food. Yeah, yeah. You know, of course, he's going to mention food due yeah, to being so. Italian or something, you yeah, know. we give you food. We give you a house. It's like, yeah. that's the bare minimum. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you're a parent. That's what you're supposed to do. Don't yeah. act like you're some hero who's doing something amazing. <laughs> yeah. So, he was a little bit like that, whereas mum was, because she was a teacher and she taught um, children diagnosed with autism. Okay, so, she yeah. actually taught that. So, she was quite experienced in that field and understood mental health issues and mm. disabilities. Mum was quite understanding, but dad was a little bit more like, get over it. But then when I studied it and I was sort of telling him about it, he sort of humbled as he grew older. Yeah. So... He's a lot different now. He understands a lot more now. Like if I said I'm, I'm anxious, he'll be like, what are you anxious about? Or why mm. are you anxious? You'll be okay. Whereas when I was younger, it was more like get over yeah. it. That's pretty so, cool to see, isn't it? Yeah, it was actually. Yeah. And I'm only thinking about that change now, to be honest. I didn't I didn't realize that he actually changed until I just said that. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> so that's pretty a and, good realization. And like, you, we're not trying to blame him. No. That's, that's how he grew up. Yeah. Like that's yep. what I'm saying, different worlds. Yep. I think we're in the biggest generational disconnect yep. in human history. Yep. I reckon the future of human history as well. Yep. I don't think when you know, when we have grandkids, we're gonna be disconnected. Like I think I'm gonna be adopting technology until I die, I think. Yeah. Like it's yeah. it, it's really confusing to me how the older generations didn't adopt technology. Yeah. I don't know why. I think out of fear or was, I'm yeah. not sure. But and in terms and everything like you just said, yeah. And the fear that I have in that situation is what if your mum wasn't if you, what if your mum was like him and you had two parents who were telling you to suck it up and mm. like, you know, you know, there's nothing wrong with you and all that sort of stuff. Ugh, like, I don't. I'm not, I'm not even sure what to say to that kid. Like, I really, yeah. I really pity them. Like, that's tough. That's no. so tough. And I, I didn't even know that there were back then all these services out there that mm. I do now. Mm. I had no idea that there was a drop in that I could go to and meet new people and speak to youth workers. Mm. I didn't know that there were, you know, counselors or psychologists that I can have Go on a mental health care plan and have free sessions mm. and only pay a small 20 percentage. free sessions. Yeah, well, 20 free sessions now. Or even 10 free sessions. Yeah, 10, That's 10, huge. That, yeah. 10 free sessions could change your life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then plus they, they refer you on. If the psychologist yeah. thinks you need help, they'll refer you on to somewhere else and mm. stuff. But, yeah. Yeah. No, that's so cool. And so the first step is... If you can just get on the phone with someone and they yeah. can refer you, they can do all the work yeah. for you. I think the biggest struggle is the first step. The first ten thousand followers are hardest to get. The first, yeah. you know, one the first ten kilos to lose are the hard whatever it is. Yeah. It's always that first step which is yeah. the hardest. If you can make that. Yeah. And what would you say to people who maybe aren't suffering from a sewer stuff but are surrounded by people who are? What advice would you give to them if they want to help them? How can they best help people who look like they're, you know, not in the best mental space? I would just tell them to encourage them to get help. Yeah. I mean, some people might be in denial and go, no, 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 I don't need help. I'm fine. Mm. But they know they're not, yeah. you know. So I would just really encourage them to get help. And if they are in denial and they feel like they don't need help, just keep an eye on them, mm. you know, because you don't want to push their limits as well. Um, Just encourage to help them. Let them know that you're there. Let them know that you're there to talk to them if they ever need you show them that there are services out there if they ever do need it in future if, or if they don't want it now. If they don't want it now, sorry. Yeah. That's what I would probably say. Just yeah. encourage people to get help. And if they do not want help, just let them know that, okay, well, when you're ready, here's some 
places you can go to mm. if you want help. Yeah, and it it is interesting to me that like, especially for young guys, like we just won't accept help. Yeah, and I yeah. think, and I I kind of get that. And I, I think it just kind of, I had kind of beat that out of me as I grew up. I was yeah. like, no, help's okay, help's okay. You know, yeah, Brene yeah. Brown um, talks about, for anyone, but specifically men, like mm. being vulnerable is a strength. Mm-hmm. Showing that you need help is actually the strength. Definitely. It's very easy to say, yeah. no, I don't need help and hide behind, you know, throw yeah. it under the rug. That's easy to do. Yeah. You're not being strong by doing that. Yeah. Strength is actually going, you know what? I do need help. I do yeah. need to go see someone. Yeah. I do need to reach out to whoever. That's yeah. proper strength. Yeah. And I think that's where we need to flip that whole narrative. Yeah. If we could flip that narrative so guys specifically, girls as well, but specifically yeah. guys yeah. Um, understand that by being vulnerable, you're showing strength. Yeah. I think it would change so much. Yeah. A hundred percent. And we see a drop in, you know, yeah. male suicide. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's why I got on with my partner so well because he's so – talks about his feelings. And girls love it. And uh, Yeah. Being vulnerable is yeah, very attractive. It is. And I think before that I was dating a lot of guys that were very like – wouldn't talk about their feelings. And I was forever wondering in my mind, what's with them? What's going on? Mm. Like why are they behaving that way? And they wouldn't tell me, mm. you know. Because I don't know. Yeah. It's conditioning. Yeah. In movies, the alpha male, the good-looking yeah. guy, they don't get vulnerable. Yeah. They don't cry. Yeah. They're always on top of things. They've yeah. got their shit together. And so that's kind of who we aspire to be as mm-hmm. yeah. as young boys growing up. Yeah. But that was something I came across as well in my personal life, just seeing all these men not really express themselves that mm. well. And then when I met my current partner, he was, like, talking about his feelings. Even last night, we were sitting across the bed for maybe an hour, just DMing, and yeah, I said yeah. to him, like, I used to never be able to do this with, yeah. you know, previous partners, but mm. the fact that I can do this with you is really cool. I mean, we don't DM every day, like maybe once in a few months, you know, yeah, yeah. but just having that deep and meaningful conversation just helps each other a lot. A hundred percent. And so, once you're on the same page, like that's invaluable in yeah, a relationship. Yeah. And yeah. Once so yeah, even if you by being vulnerable, it's very attra- if you mm-hmm. look at the most attractive guys that girls look up to, it's like Harry Styles. Yeah. And like all these guys who, you know, are very often feminine or like yeah. show their vulnerable side. Yeah. And it's and no you know, Girls often, and I'll see what you think. Girls don't yeah. love the traditional alpha, like the ripped body. He's very hard, hard <laughs> yeah. shell. Like, yeah, I think guys aspire to be that, but that's not really who girls want. But mm. as you mentioned, they want someone who's more vulnerable yeah. and open to talking about their emotions and yeah. really having those deep and meaningful conversations. Yeah, I think so as well. Um, and I think sometimes that's how relationships can get into a lot of arguments and fights because they're not talking down, sorry, sitting down and talking mm. about stuff. They're just ignoring the problem you know especially when so much of the talking can be done over text yeah like if, if we're talking here and we start getting a fight you can't really escape like it's going to happen but yeah. on text you can just like ignore them yeah and be like sorry i was at work or something. whatever you yeah. can make up some excuse yeah and so you can kind of once again sweep it under the rug keep sweeping yep. under the rug yep. until you get to the point where you're finally together and suddenly yeah everything unleashes yeah and like a breakup can happen or something yeah exactly. as opposed to having those you know if you, get, if you have those conversations once a week in a relationship, imagine how powerful that would be. Uh, exactly. And I'm pretty sure me and my partner have those mm. conversations um, quite regularly. If there's something wrong, we sit down and talk about it. We don't scream. We don't fight. Mm. We're not ever on text ignoring each other. We sit down and we talk about it. And mm. that's why I think we've gone so well and so strong. Whereas in my previous relationships, 
No, they would ignore me. Yeah. Just sweep it under the carpet. Mm. Ask them what's wrong. They would say nothing. Mm. Yeah, classic. Yeah. And the good thing about those previous relationships is you've now got a perspective. Yeah. So you now go, oh, this is what we're doing is really, really good because I didn't yeah. do this with my other ones. Yeah, no. That's my biggest worry about people who have been dating one, never dated anyone else in their life. Yeah. And look, if you're happy, you're happy. That's great. Yeah. But I'd be like, you don't know what you're missing out on. You yeah. don't know if they're the perfect person for you. Like, no. you, you've never experienced anything else. Yeah, exactly. And I think what happened as well was I learned not to say anything from dating those mm, kind of people. So it affected you. So when I went into my current relationship, I would sweep things out under the carpet and my partner realised, he was like, I realise you sugarcoat everything. I want you to tell me the truth. I want you to tell me if, mm. if I've done something wrong because to make this work, you need to speak to me. And I was like, what the hell? Did he just say that? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, like, it's like a virus. It's like coronavirus, yeah, isn't it? You, yeah. you date someone, they pass on that, yeah. that those negative things, and you, yeah. then you go into a new relationship, and you might pass it on to them and stuff. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, it can really multiply. Definitely. So I think it affected me for the first few months, and then I was like, okay, well, I'll do that then. Like, mm. I'll do that for you, and it's been working so well for both of mm. us. Yeah, so and now another big topic that I – or once again, I always talk about it on this podcast is like social media. Yeah. Um, so I'm a big fan of managing your relationship with social media. I think yeah. it is crushing our confidence. Yep. As you mentioned, I think we're comparing, you know, subconsciously or consciously, we're comparing ourselves to other mm-hmm. people. I still do it. I can bring up a story about, you know, how I yeah. do it. Um, followers, likes, all that sort of stuff. I know you're a big fan of kind of talking about this stuff and yeah. what you're seeing with younger people. So what are you saying in terms of like, What's happening with younger people in social media with their confidence? and? Um, so I know a lot of young people, um, you know, that sort of have problems with their self-esteem and confidence. And so I remember being out with a few younger people and they were sort of um, just very, like, timid. And I said to them, what's wrong, girls? Like, why, why are you so timid for? And they're like, oh, there's so many pretty girls here. Mm. I'm not as pretty as that girl. I said to them, what do you mean? Like, you're all absolutely gorgeous. Like, and they're like, oh, well, you don't feel like that when you go on social media and you see all these pretty girls. Mm. And I'm just like, wow. Like, you know, so many people go on social media, on Instagram, see pretty people or even photos that are edited that probably aren't even real and are like, oh, I want to look like that. And then it affects their self-esteem. 100%. So, and it doesn't even have to be edited photos. It's more like... Mm. the lighting's really good, the angle, the way they position the bodies. It's yep. not edited, but it's also very curated. Yeah. And yep. so – and I know, like, if you go on TikTok and stuff, they're trying to change that narrative, which is cool. Yeah. You can see a lot more kind of TikTok influences yeah. are more authentic and yep. more about body image and stuff. Yep. It's great to see. But still, look at the the TikTok influences. Yeah. Like, you know, Addison Ray and all that. They're yeah. They're all very, very pretty. Yeah. Like all the top ones who we associate yeah. are all still very pretty. And so yeah. I think there is progress being made. It's still yeah. like the people who make on social media are very, very attractive. Yeah. And then we just see more. And then it promotes them, promotes them, promotes them. And so our newsfeed gets full of them. Yeah. Which is just not good. Yeah, exactly. And I did a bit of modeling when I was younger as well. So very different. Like I've seen both sides of like counseling area, modeling area. So when I did a bit of modeling, I also came across models that were even insecure. Mm. You know, everyone's insecure. Yeah, I doubt you can find one person. You yeah, know, what, even the prettiest girl you admire probably has a whole bunch yeah. of insecurities. Yeah, definitely. I think once we understand that as well, because I think we think those people are like perfect and don't have insecurities. Yeah, yeah. But everyone does. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And so, what else are you seeing with social media? And do you think? I, 
Are you on all social medias? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. On Snapchat, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. I think also another thing is I think people are afraid to be single because they go on their social medias and they mm. see couples mm. and they're like, oh, I want that. I used to do that when I was younger. Yeah. I remember 14, 15, all my friends were in relationships except for me and I was at a party maybe when I was 15. Everyone was together and I was just there single and I'm like, what? And I was like, oh, I'm not pretty because I don't have a boyfriend. Mm. You know, I had that like insecurity because everyone had a boyfriend and not me. Mm. And I guess when I went on social media, well, I used to use Tumblr back in the day. Yeah, yeah. You would see like couples cuddling and stuff. And I'm like, oh, I want that. Um, so I think that also brings in that insecurity where you see so many people together and then you're like, oh, she's probably got a boyfriend because she's pretty. A hundred percent. And we, yeah. we, you know, we really struggle to be alone. Mm, yeah. Because you don't, you don't see cute videos of people being on their own. <laughs> yeah. You it's see very cute videos rare. of people being with a boyfriend or girlfriend. Yeah. And so we go, oh, I want that. I want that. Yeah. But there's a lot of great parts of being, about being single. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. There's advantages and disadvantages to both. Yeah. You yep. know, if you're single, it means you can, you got a lot more freedom. You could go live somewhere. You don't have yeah. to worry about, yeah. you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. If you're dating, you've always got someone around you, which is very valuable. You can yeah. always talk to someone. Yeah. So there's benefits to both. Yeah. And I think, because I'm single right now. Yeah. And it's like, just enjoy being single. Take it. Because yeah. you're going to get married. If you're, tw- you know, if you're going to meet someone at 25, you're going to be married for the rest of your yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. Enjoy it now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Do you ever get maybe insecure when you see couples and stuff? On I don't think insecure media? is the right word. I get more like, I don't know what the word is. Not not jealousy. You maybe, want that? Yeah, oh, I wouldn't a, mind a, a that. A part of me would be like, that would be nice. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then I go, you know, what, I'm going, I'm going to find that that's, one day. Yeah, that's and I'll good. have that for the rest of my life. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. And so it's like just enjoy it while you know while yeah. it's now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I still I TikTok all the time. Yeah. You see cute, cute as couples. Yeah. Or like, do you remember that trend when there was like um boys would have like girls put their like legs around their ears or something? Oh yes, yeah. That kept popping up, popping up on my feet. I'm like, ah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I have no one to do that with. Yeah. Like. Stupid little cute stuff like that. Yeah. And once again, you don't see really romanticized videos of people being single. No, you don't. Unless it's like Dan Bilzerian or something. Yeah. With his heaps of models. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's super important, not just being single, but being able to be alone as young people. Yeah. Like, because we're constantly stimulated. The second we're alone, we pull out our phone and somewhere not alone. Yeah. We've got our friends with us. That's what I did before because I went before here. I went and got a coffee at a cafe and I just pulled out my phone just yeah. like to seem like I was talking to people and really I was just scrolling through Instagram and yeah. Facebook. But, you know, I didn't want people to think I was alone because if I put my phone down and just looking around, people... Oh, that's so embarrassing. Yeah, like that's what <laughs> I felt, you know. It's just a condition to just get out your phone. When you're sort of alone. Yeah. I actually, it's such a big one managing a relationship with your phone. Yeah. Especially because I use my phone so much for work. Yeah. I'll go on and I'll start doing work stuff and then I'll transition into non work stuff and I'll just keep sticking on it. Yeah. And all that sort of stuff. And so, yeah, I think we really do struggle to be alone, to be alone. Yeah. Um, not just in relationships, but by yourself. Yeah. And yeah, I, the big, the big message I would say to people if you are comparing yourself to couples online or people online, mm. The only person you should be comparing yourself to is yourself like a week ago yeah. or two weeks ago. Have yeah. you improved as a person, as yeah. a human? Yeah. And if you keep doing that, um, I think that's yeah. very important. Have you seen Matthew McConaughey's famous Golden Globe speech where he talked about how he's chasing himself 10 years? He's constantly chasing oh. himself in 10 years. Oh, wow. And he does a great like two, three-minute speech. He goes, I'm constantly chasing 10 years. Oh, 35, I get there. Oh, no, now he's 45. I'm chasing him. Oh, that's I'm awesome. chasing him. Yeah. And that's who we need to be comparing ourselves to instead of, the cute yeah. girls on TikTok or yeah. Instagram or the cute guys or whatever. 
yeah, I think it's really important for people to just keep growing, achieving their goals, you know, achieving their dreams and stuff instead of just being stuck, oh, I want this, I want that, you know. If you want that, go – if say if you want a specific job or career, go out and chase that. You know, mm. there's no one stopping you from doing that. 100%. So if you're in a mindset where I want to do that, you know, go ahead and do it. Mm. You know, I know it's a bit hard with like relationships. You know, you could you could say that like, yeah, go ahead and do that. And they could go on Tinder and apps and stuff. It's a bit difficult with that. But I'm saying like career-wise, it's quite easy to do mm. that. With relationships, I don't think you should ever be looking for a relationship. No, like, you, no. you should just be looking to meet people. Yeah. And if it happens, it happens. Yeah. And that's the best way. If yeah. you're looking for a relationship, I think you're going to ignore red flags. Yeah. You're going to ignore stuff that isn't perfect. Yeah. And you're going to settle because you want that relationship. Yeah. You want to be in a relationship so you yeah. can go on double dates with your girlfriends. Yeah. So you can feel adequate when yeah. you see couples' videos on TikTok. Yeah. You're going, oh, I can do that. Let's, yeah. let's do that, babe, or whatever. Yeah. And so... That's a big one. Yeah. So many people will just, they're looking for a relationship. Yeah. And it's like, don't be looking for a relationship. Just be yeah. looking for what's best for you. Yeah. And if it turns out, if you meet someone yeah. and, it, and they're a good fit and yeah. you start dating, great. Yep. Exactly. Personally, I think that's the best way no, to approach No, I, I agree. I that. definitely agree. Because every time I went and looked for somebody, it just turned into crap. Mm. But as soon as I was like, stuff this, like I'm over it, whatever. I met my partner, yeah, yeah. you know, it just happens. Like, you know, I was, when I met my partner, I didn't want anything. I was like, I'm mm. done. Like, I'm staying single, like, not, but then I don't know, it just ended up happening. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's, that's a sign true. that it's probably a good relationship. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I did it. That's so true. You just mentioned that because I did ignore all the red flags of my previous partners. Mm, because you want a relationship. Yeah. Exactly. And I think especially easy for girls because girls can get in relationships quite easy. Mm. On like, like my God, I see them on Tinder. <laughs> it's like every second, every second swipe is a match. They, yeah. they got like all these guys yeah. who are like thirsty as. It's yeah. like for them to just get in a relationship is very easy. They yeah. can kind of just go here, you go bang. Yeah. And so, and you see it all the time. You yeah. see like really gorgeous girls who have like a really toxic guy. And you're like, yeah. Why are you with them? Yeah. It's like I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And obviously the reverse, but more yeah. common I would say is that. Well, they'll be scared that they won't find someone better mm. or they're scared to be alone. Yeah. And that's why they stay in that toxic relationship. But it links back to what we said. You're 21. You're 22. Yeah. You're 23. <laughs> you have so much time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. you have so, so much time. Definitely. It's crazy. You yeah. can meet someone when you're 28 and you've still got all the time in yeah. the world to yeah. travel and do fun stuff. Yeah, definitely. You can meet someone at 50 as well. Yeah, exactly. You know, there's, there's no... There's no time frame, mm. really. Yeah. Awesome, Olivia. Well, this has been great. Yes. Um, before we wrap up, I'd love to ask all my guests one final question. Yeah. And it's basically, what would your number one piece of advice be for the younger generation? Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be anything we talked about. Just what would your number one piece of advice be? If you were feeling depressed or you are coming across having mental health issues, go and get help. Just get on Google, search helplines, go talk to somebody, access help. Because that's really important. Yeah. I think that would be my advice. Make that first step. Yep. Understand that by getting help, that's a strength. Yeah. You're not being weak. Yep. It takes exactly. strength to go ask for help, to yep. admit that you need help. Yeah. It's weakness is sweeping under the rug. That's yeah. easy to do. Yeah. I think that's a big one for guys. Yeah. Like, just take take that step. I yep. think it's so important. Google, get on the phone with someone. Yep. There's so many free... There, is, there isn't really an excuse, I don't think. There's yeah. free stuff out there. Yeah. If you have access to a phone, you can get help. Yeah. It's just making that first step. Yeah. Exactly. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, and so for anyone who wants to find you online with any yep. questions, reach out to you, DM you, where's the best place to go? It would probably be called The Life Inspo. So that's my sort of separate Instagram account for, for youth where I post quotes and stuff. So 
It's just one word, the life inspo. Yeah, yep. and I'll put that link below. So, guys, go DM her on at the life inspo with yep. any questions, anyone, you know, anything you want to say to her. If you enjoyed this episode, go let her know and DM me as well if you have any questions. So, otherwise, yep. Olivia, thank you so much for coming on the show. Not a problem. That's it for this episode of the Driven Young Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode. That means the world to me. And if you got some value out of it, please shoot me a message on Instagram or reach out to me. Or I would love for you to leave a rating or review on this podcast. So make sure you are subscribed and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode.